0: Okay. Hopefully we'll record. I don't know. Don't hold much hope in that. I don't seem to have much success. (coughs) Anyway, last time we talked about hallowed be thy name um, or as some translations render may your name be kept holy and this brought us then to this logical conclusion that the term hallowed could be understood as kept holy and it also then implies a sense of um, of saying greatly revered and honored. And we looked at how uh, Scripture points us toward the great works of God and that uh, revering these great works and remembering them is the focus of prayer. And this part of the Lord's prayer invites us to worship then that our great God does great things. Hallowed be your name. So but it isn't simply saying, Hallowed be your name. But that we should include worship in our prayer. And so we looked, to at another aspect of keeping his name holy and saw that this includes praises as well. And so, and for help in that regard, we looked at a couple of psalms. I think it was uh, 111 and 113. And we found praise for the many works of God. And we found some testimony to his good character in those in those prayers of praise. And we notice too that Psalm 111 ends with the words, Praise Him forever. Hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. Praise Him forever. And So as we're adding meat to the bones of our, of our skeletal prayer, we came across the words, Praise the name of the Lord. And blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. And those were in, in Psalm 113. So we see this as a, as, a, as a focus of prayer. And we don't normally find ourselves praying those kinds of things. But the scripture clearly teaches us that we should. That, that, is, a, that is a focal point of prayer. Praise the name of the Lord and blessed be the name of the Lord forever. And so then we, we kind of conclude then that you can pray the Psalms as they're written. Or we can take the elements from them and incorporate them, sprinkle them into our, our daily prayers. And we talked about what it looks like when we aren't keeping God's name holy. So if the prayer is, may your name be kept holy, what does it look like when it's not kept holy? And we looked at a passage from Jeremiah and in Amos, um, which showed us that sin, our sin... Defiles God's name. And so then we all recognize that, gosh golly, in our human condition, we really can't avoid sin. So we're going to sin, and when we sin, uh, we don't want to dishonor God. And so, um, but we can ask God then to guide us so that our words and our deeds, what we do, what we say, uh, would bring honor and glory to him. And that helps us that our intention isn't to sin, our intention is to honor him. Yet, in our human condition, we will fail. And so, when we pray, hallowed be thy name, we can be praying that, Lord, by my actions, what I do, may your name be kept holy. Asking God, God, help me to keep you holy. And then we started then looking into thy kingdom come. And here Jesus is teaching us to pray for a transformation of our world to a place where God rules. A place where God's ways are practiced. Thy kingdom come. And so we look at Revelation 11 and it shows us how the eternal kingdom will come to pass, right? The eternal kingdom. The grand scheme of things. When the seven uh, trumpets are blown and all that stuff's happened and the end is here and God reigns. and Satan is put... Into hell, the gate is closed, right? That's the very end, right? That's when God's reign will happen. That is way, we don't know, we, well, we know it's at least a thousand years before that's going to happen because Jesus has a thousand year reign before he's put in. So that's our ultimate hope, though. Our ultimate hope as Christians is that that kingdom would come, right? That that God would put Satan in the pit and lock the gate. And that then that God would fulfill his promise, all right? So if we think about thy kingdom come, that certainly is an element of thy kingdom come. But God's kingdom also has a very personal aspect to it, right? And when we pray thy kingdom come, we're praying for the rule and reign of Jesus within us, within our hearts, right? That his rule and reign would be in us, his kingdom would be in us. And so we saw in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches us to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek first the kingdom and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So that's what Jesus teaches. Seek the kingdom. Go for it. And so thy kingdom come when all we're waiting for is God to act, there's, there must be more to it than that, right? So if Jesus is teaching, seek the kingdom, there's more to thy kingdom come than just waiting for God to act and to put if we put Satan in and shut the door. And so, by showing us this, Jesus is saying that we can look for and find and be a part of God's kingdom. So then, in our skeletal prayer that we're building, right, we, this would be a place to petition God to bring his kingdom into our hearts. This is where we'd also we'd be praying for those that we love that are unsaved. Bring the kingdom into their hearts. Soften their hearts to you. Thy kingdom come is very personal. Jesus says the kingdom is here. I I am here. I am the kingdom. So then, to create a space that is transformed to be under God's rule and reign. That's what we're praying for. Create the space. Lord, make a place in my heart in their heart. And so whose heart? A name. Put the name. Pray for somebody particularly that you, that you care about. So we finished up last time by looking uh, at Jesus' words where he explains that by his presence the kingdom of God is among us. And so this um, implores us to tell the world about Jesus. And here we could pray for boldness and opportunity for evangelism to share the gospel Jesus is the kingdom and so then we need to tell the world about the kingdom and so thy kingdom come in this Lord's prayer this will be a good place to, to plug in elements of evangelism praying for evangelism praying for your own boldness that you could share the gospel ok so any questions on last, last week's stuff Okay, so we're going to spend just a few minutes more on uh, thy kingdom come. And so to do that, I want to pose a question. And so this is one I want you to be thinking about, and I, want, I would like for you to talk about this just to see what comes to mind. So um, how would our communities, you know, we've, we live all around here, um, but how would our communities be different if God's standards, his will, his kingdom were the law of the land. How would our communities look different if God's standards were the law of the land? What if his kingdom had come? What would it look like? Right. So we talk about his kingdom being something personal, but something grand also. This is the great hope of, of our faith, is, is in the end, God does away with evil, and good wins, Right? But that's not all there is to it. And so, if God's kingdom were to come, what would Morton look like? What would Mackinac look like? What would Tremont look like? What would Stanford look like? What do you think? I, mean, what? I think a simple state statement would be well, would be a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad, right? Okay, but what does that look like, particularly? What kinds of things? would we see in our communities if this was the case? This isn't hard. This isn't like a really deep, necessarily deep question. Just what things would be different? People looking out for their neighbors. Sure. More than just thinking of themselves. Sure. Compassion. Way Sorry? Way more love. Yes, ma'am. That's, the to That's a good point. Not yeah. I'm not complaining about Your grass didn't get mowed this week or, you know, just kind of. Or you ought to water it, yeah. 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 Forgiveness. Forgiveness, sure. A lot more contentment. Mm Mm-hmm. It would be. It would be. So how about the bigger kinds of things like The things are in the news. Um, We kind of hinted around about crime. Well, how about things like abortion? Would we see... Would we see less abortion? Would we see fewer unplanned pregnancies? Would we see more adoptions? If God's will... Was done if God's standards was the law in our communities? How about same sex marriage? Or all the LGBT stuff? How about the sexualization of our children? Would that go away? Yeah, that's probably so. We would have a purpose I and mean, yeah, work would be there. Yes. Yeah. How about divorce? Yeah. Would there be more churches? Would there be more churches and less taverns? That's a good. uh, We're going to get to that with that point here in just a little bit. That's the next question we're going to get to. So we have more churches, less taverns. Um, Would TV, radio, internet advertising be different? More prayer, more public prayer. If God's standards were the law of the land, yes. How would how would our communities until Christ returns? It couldn't. I mean, how could it be the law of the land if 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 Jesus hasn't returned? Well, it won't be. But yes, that's what we're asked to pray for, right? We're asked to pray for God's kingdom to come. And so I ask, what would I, why? What would be the benefit? Why would we desire to pray for God's kingdom to come? Right? Because so when we think about eschatology, the next event that's going to happen on God's calendar is the rapture, right? So all of those who are believers, Jesus is going to come in the clouds, right? The trumpet's going to sound, and he doesn't come down here. He doesn't come down and rule and reign. No. What's he do? He calls his people. So the earth has now been made void of Christianity. The earth has now been made void of what is good and what is light. Okay, so for us as Christians, why do I care? Right? I'm in heaven with God. I don't care what happens to your Mackinac. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm, I'm in heaven. So if all I'm waiting for is the final kingdom, it doesn't matter. I'm already in heaven. It does. Very much so. Yes, that's an excellent point. Do you? Okay, so just I want to carry this one more step. So I, I love talking about this topic, so put your hands up if I get going too far. All right, so the rapture happens, and all that is good is removed. Now think about that. All that is good is removed. So in Illinois, we can see evil just running amok. We can see evil in our government. Just destroying our children. And we're still here. What's going to happen when we're gone? Okay, so we're called, we are called into heaven at the rapture because we're saved. But if our children, our neighbors, our parents, cousins, whoever, people we care about and love, if they're not saved when God's kingdom comes, when, or when everyone's called away, they're left in a very bad place. I mean a very bad place. We think things are bad now. Nothing. This is nothing like what's going to happen when God calls his people. So I ask, how would our communities be different if God's will was done? And our prayer, right, as we talk about this, our prayer is that God's kingdom is in us. It's in us. It's here. And we pray for God's kingdom to come is not this grandiose thing. It's really personal. And it's really practical. Because we care about a lot of people. And we would love to see them saved why? well, if they were saved if more of us were saved if God's kingdom were living out if God's laws were the way of the world we'd be happier we'd have joy we wouldn't have to worry about locking our houses we'd have peace so the more people who our followers of Christ who are believers who have accepted Jesus is who he says he is the more of these things we'll have that's good so we're praying for thy kingdom to come because we want these good things <coughs> for ourselves kind of you know in a greedy sense but for those that we love It's a paradox for me. I would love to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. I would love that. I would love for Jesus to call his church home and sit up in heaven and go, I told you so. But people I love, they're not saved. I don't want them to go through this. And so I am grateful that the Lord is merciful and waits. He gives us time. He gives us time to be the legs and the voice of Christ. So we pray for that kingdom to come. It's very personal and it's a call to action. All right, so. Lots of things are going to happen, right? We'd have all these things you mentioned, unity in the church, just all kinds of things that would probably be a, a, a huge blessing, right? So then let's kind of get a little closer to home and what would Newcastle Bible Church look like if God's will was done, if God's law was the way of the land? What would Newcastle look like if God's standards were the law of the land? How would it be different? Every service, every there would be no reason we would have so many volunteers we couldn't hardly put everybody to Yes, I agree. What kind of things would happen? This is a spiritual event. This is a spiritual moment, right? God's law is the way of the world. What might more we see? Or my less would we see at Newcastle. More towels for baptism because we'd be baptizing so many people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'd need a we'd need a storehouse. <laughs> yes. What <laughs> what other kinds of things would we see? All of our nursing home people would not be lonely. They would have visitors. Sure. So greater compassion amongst each other, right? Sure. How about something we don't talk about often, but something we're called to do, is confession of sin, right? So we don't normally publicly confess our sin. Um, you know, a whole lot in life groups, a lot of people will, will get some confession of sin there. Um but if if God's law was the rule of the world, would there be more confession of sin? Would I be compelled to confess my sin? Why would there be sin, Dave, If God's if God's prevailing everything over everything, why would there be any sin? Mike? Well, we're still in His human condition. We're not in. We're even so. Even still, after God's after God. Jesus' reign, he still reigns and rules. There is still judgment happening. There is still sin occurring. So even after that, there is still sin happening. We we are still human. And um, until we're glorified, we will be sinful creatures. With a thousand year reign, with where, where Jesus rules and reigns, rules, won't be, mm-hmm. won't be perfect. Won't be they will be, um, I don't know how to describe this well, but um, there will still be a need to rule. If things were perfect, Kay, there would be no need to rule, right? Uh, things would just be right. And there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a need for a judge. There wouldn't be a need for someone to give guidance, right? And so even during that time, Jesus is still giving guidance. There is still sin occurring, Um and death will still happen. But we would probably also likely see a much deeper faith, right, among us. We're talking about how would Newcastle be different, right? so we would probably see the Sunday school rooms will be full. People would have greater interest. They would have a desire, a hunger, more so than they have today. So discipleship, and mentoring would also be enhanced. You know, you mentioned about, you know, the people in nursing homes would have visitors. Okay, so, yes, they would. And people would be mentoring. and We would be seeking mentoring. We would be seeking help and guidance. Teach me the ways of the law, of the Lord. And so, counsel would be easier, right? We would be willing to accept counsel, willing to confess our sin, willing to confess our need for counsel. And we would also then probably get a better understanding of God's will because we're seeing it around us. It's the example around us. Okay, so those are the kinds of things that we might anticipate happening if God's rule, God's law, was here. So I bring all that to your attention really just to get you thinking about why am I praying for God's will to be done? And what does that look like? So there's lots of things that God's will would look like. All right. So now we're going to get real personal. And how would your life be different if God's kingdom have come? Now, the answer to this question is probably a much shorter list. Um, And we also, I'm going to throw, this is really kind of rhetorical. I really don't necessarily, unless you feel obligated, wish to. um, I don't necessarily, I'm not really asking you to say, here's what my life would be. But there are a lot of things that that you could say. I would love better. I would take those moments that I didn't think I had time for. I would go visit Aunt Ruby instead of just talking about it. Right? Or I would talk to the neighbors. So there's a lot of things in in your own life that would be different if... God's rule um, was the case. Um, there might be, I'm sure there are, we, we all have those areas in our Christian walk that needs to be shored up. It's all, we all have these things that we don't do as well as we hope we would. And so those are the kinds of things um, that we'd be thinking about. But we do need to face facts, right? And so um, some of us are going to fall into these categories that Jesus talked about in the, uh, he describes, the seven churches in Revelation, right? Now, this is the church. This isn't just people. This is the church. And he describes the aspects of these seven churches. It kind of gives us the gambit of how we can fail in our faith. We're talking about that kingdom come, right? And so we want the kingdom of Christ to be in us. And so we have, um, those are found in in Revelation 2 and 3. And so, by the way, you guys get a break. We're not going to be playing this, you know, ruffling, wrestling through the Bibles today. Um, Next week we're going to resume that, but you get a little bit of a break today. But anyway, this is Revelation 2 and 3 when Jesus is addressing the seven churches. And so... Some have fallen out of love with Jesus, right? And it shows in our works and in our prayer, in in the time we spend studying, in in our devotions, um, that we just don't have the zeal for Jesus like we used to. Some of us are afraid of, um, of impending persecution, right? We see what's going on in our world today. And we see when people start doing things, they're going to be get, they're going to be problems. Now we don't have in America the kinds of problems that are around the world where you, know, you get your head lopped off or you get knocked off the roof of a, when you're fixing the roof of a house, somebody knocks you off of it because you profess Christianity or your children get kidnapped or brought into slavery. Uh, especially the girls, those kinds of things happen all around the world. We don't experience that, but we do have a level of persecution that we're seeing more and more and more of, right? And so, because of that, we're, we're a little bit reluctant. Well, Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid of the persecution, be bold. And so that we fail then sometimes to understand that that our suffering, through our suffering, because of our suffering, Jesus is going to give us the crown of life. He tells us in Revelation, right? Be bold. Don't worry about the persecution. It's going to happen. But in the end, it's good for you. You win. Some of us have unrepentant sin, unrepented sin. Those are the kinds of things we'd be praying about. Um, Some of us might claim Jesus as Savior, but then we kind of lack this genuine belief, and we mix a little bit of church in with a worldly lifestyle. And this is very common. We see this all over the place. Uh, Anywhere on social media, you see this a lot, of people mixing a little bit of church into their worldly life. Some of us then put on this public face as being a Christian, sometimes, and but it's really only by reputation, right? And so these, um well, they, you know, they, are oh a Christian. They say they, they go to church. They, they say they're a Christian, so they must be by reputation. They seem to be a Christian, right? And Jesus says, "Yeah, that's not grass. Not good." No, these are these are the, the criticisms he has of his church, not the world. Is criticisms of his church, and so we need to take those seriously. Um, some of us don't accept the power and the strength that comes from Christ that we can feel defeated um, but we're actually victorious some of us are lukewarm We don't do a good job of standing for Christ. You know, we're too busy standing for ourselves. So, these are things that we need to think about as we're praying, Thy kingdom come. Right? Am I in the kingdom? Am I doing right by the kingdom? Is my witness and my testimony advancing the kingdom? So then we think about thy kingdom come and the kingdom being within us and then we have our own spiritual shortcomings. Um, Those are the things that will be some of the meat that we're going to put on our skeletal prayer. That's the kind of stuff that we're going to be praying about when we pray. Um, When we pray for God to come and establish his kingdom on earth bringing forth judgment upon the world, that's the end, right? When the end, when the, the seventh trumpet's blown and the seals are all broken. Um, so we're going to bring forth judgment upon the unsaved. And we can still pray that our own body, our own temple of the Lord, would be a place where His kingdom would come and rule completely. So we can pray for our own inner faith, that it would be strengthened thy kingdom come. Alright, so any questions, comments, thoughts? I'm trying to make this real practical. That, th- that thy kingdom come isn't just this big, broad, hey, we're waiting for the end. But it's very real and very today. <coughs> Yeah. Okay, well, we've spent a fair amount of time talking about prayer. And we have looked into the opening lines of our Lord's Prayer, right? So, so far, we have covered our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then just now, we kind of finished up, thy kingdom come. All right? So, that's pretty short. That's only, you know... It, probably count the words on on our fingers or or close to that. Um, So it might be helpful, as we start talking about putting meat on our skeleton, it might be helpful to put this into a a sample prayer. And um, so you can find out, there's the the notes page there of something I've just kind of thrown together. And just follow along. I'm going to read through it. Um, But as we do it, as, as I read through this and you guys read and follow along, be thinking about how we are applying the concepts of the, the individual aspects, the indexes of the prayer that Jesus taught, as we mold this into like a more full-blown prayer. All right, so we be thinking about these elements and how they're molded into this prayer. So let's just kind of read this sample prayer together. Um, this starts out here with our Father, right, and says, so, "Okay, so we say." O Lord, my God, I am grateful you have adopted me into your family as an heir to your kingdom. For I am wholly inadequate without you. Because of your unfailing love, you have given me your Holy Spirit and written your law upon my heart. Father, I claim your covenant and pray you would help me to become one with you and with my Savior, Jesus Christ. You alone have the power to answer my prayer. I come before you now with a humble heart in all of your creation and worship you, for it is you and only you who is worthy of my praise. Now, we could have um, put all kinds of different things in here, and it could have been this long. But I would just probably, what I, what I want to help is to get a sense of, of how this really is just a skeletal prayer, it's just a, an index of the things we're going to plug into. Um, like I said, nobody, there's no recording in the Scripture of anybody ever praying the Lord's Prayer as it's written. Okay? So then moving on, then under who art in heaven. And it says, Father, you reign from your mighty fortress in heaven and send forth goodness and light to all creation. My Lord, hear my plea. Bend your ear to me, draw near to me, For you are great and powerful, and yet still you love me and desire to care for me. God's in heaven. But he reaches down to hear us. He reigns over all of creation. He is everywhere, but his his power and his goodness and his light emanates from heaven. All right, so then, moving on, then, um, Lord, my God, you have recorded for us in your Holy Scripture the many mighty acts you have already done. I stand in your promise that you will perform many more in my life and in the lives of all your children. Because of these mighty acts, I can be assured of your great power and love. Among these mighty acts is the salvation you have given me as I confess my belief in Jesus Christ, that he is who he says he is, the Messiah. Father, you are holy. Lord, lead me that I might praise you forever. May my understanding of your holiness lead me to gain understanding and be receptive of your instruction. I thank you with all my heart and exclaim how amazing are your deeds. All that you do reveals your glory and majesty. Thank you, Father, for your gracious mercy. Praise be to you. Father, guide me that all I say and do will bring glory and honor. To you you are the one who is, and who was, and who is yet to come. I give myself up to you and open my heart to you that your kingdom may dwell within me, that through me and my testimony those who do not know you might see a glimpse of the loving God I serve. I long for the day when I will sit at your feet and be in your heavenly place, heavenly place forever and ever. But while I wait for that day, I pray that each member of your church would experience your kingdom within themselves too. O Lord of heaven and earth, I pray for your kingdom to come to our families. I ask that your truth may be on the hearts of my children, that they would experience you in their lives each and every day. Place upon the hearts of all my loved ones to seek you first. Let them share in your love and protect them from the evil and lies of this earth. Lord, I give you my heart and pray that your kingdom will continue to reign in my life. I surrender to your will and ask that your Holy Spirit fill me with joy so I shall not want. Let me live on every word that comes from your mouth and not on the ways of men or my own desires. And bring me in line with your kingdom and mold me to the person you created me to be. Okay, so there's any number of things that we could put in there. Um, it's kind of an abbreviated prayer, and but as you think about it, what are your thoughts? I mean, as you look at this and think, okay, we're kind of building this prayer together. What are your thoughts? I mean, um, is it longer than you think you might have expected? Is it shorter than you might have expected? Is it the kinds of things you would have expected? What do you think as you look at this? you put into words here things that I could never have verbalized myself while the thoughts may be there mm-hmm. I kind of think that way to verbalize it I could not have verbalized it such as you did here so I appreciate that mm-hmm. so all I've done is in essence just kind of gone through the lessons that we've talked about and plugged in those things that we've discussed. There's nothing, there's, I mean, there's no, well, I mean, it's, I don't mean to say that. It's not, I don't mean to, you know, I pray about these things a lot. That, And so to say, well, this is just something I threw together, it's not really true either. Because it is, it is influenced by the Spirit. But my point is, the, it's not hard to find this you don't have to be anyone special to find this. Are these things that you would have thought about to pray over? Look like a bunch of ballyhoo. Who's going to do that? <clears throat> So, I'm kind of the, the fundamental question here is does it kind of upend what you think about as your prayer? You know, I mentioned, I don't know, several weeks ago, that there are elements of these things, like Kay has mentioned, that I do pray. Um, but i don't necessarily and and i do i mean personally what i do i I oftentimes will pray the lord's prayer i'll start with you know our father who art our our father and i will i'll use that as the index right and i will okay our our father and, and i will do those kinds of things that i have in here and then i'll move on you know who art in heaven and i will try but and then i'm going okay where? You know, I forget where I'm at in the process. And um, so I'm not always really good at this. But that I use the pattern to help me. And I don't know if that's helpful for you, but I do use the pattern of the prayer to kind of help me. What are the things that I need to be praying about? And then those things will come to mind. You know, Names, individuals, people. When I pray for... Our leaders, you know, there's places where that seems like the appropriate place, and um, those kinds of things come to mind. Um, But this sample is just that. It's just a sample. And your own circumstance is going to be very different. Um, The things the Spirit puts upon your heart to pray for are not the things the Spirit puts upon my heart to pray for. And so when you're praying, you know, be receptive to the spirit. What does he teach? What's on your mind? Um, He's going to put those spiritual concepts and the things that you're maybe currently studying or questions that you're having in your walk um, that you're wrestling with and things that um, are in your life that are going to impact how you pray and what you pray about. There's a place for it. So again, final thoughts on the on the on the, the structure of the prayer? Does it again, does it seem like well wow, that's really long. i there no way I'm gonna do that. Or really? That's all there is? Alright, so as we move through the Lord's Prayer, by the way, it's my intention to hopefully do this a couple of times, so we're going to, we'll add more to this as we kind of get through this Lord's Prayer, just to help give us a little bit of a sample of, of how we put the meat on the skeleton. Um, so as we move through the Lord's Prayer then, we've arrived at, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the the NLT which I use translates this closely um, as may your will be done. Interestingly enough that this line is omitted from Luke's account. This line only is in Matthew 6. It's not in Luke 11 um, of the Lord's Prayer. And this is kind of hard because the punctuation among the translations is different and um, the words may be the same, but the punctuation is different. And so Uh, it kind of gets a little murky in trying to separate the thoughts is um, I've elected to separate the clauses thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven okay so some translations put a period after thy kingdom come some say thy kingdom come soon period others have a comma Like, these are all linked together. And, but I look at that and go, okay, well, um, and and the argument could be made. That's all one thing. You you really could make that argument. But I kind of look at this and go, well, if God's kingdom had come, his will, of course, would be done. Right? So, to me, it seems like two separate things. You know, your kingdom come, your will be done uh, in the meantime. And so, as we think about, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's kind of throw out some index topics um, that would kind of fall into this portion of the prayer. So, as we come to next time, we'll we'll get into the more scripture about this. But um, so, some of the things that we're going to be thinking about in the, under the heading of, um, thy will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. And so, we would look at things like. Submission to His will, peace. Um, then, kind of like, let your thoughts be our thoughts, right? God says that my thoughts are different or higher than your thoughts, um, and so we can't understand them, and that's certainly true. So, okay, so let my let my thoughts align with yours. Jesus says He wants us to be one with God the Father and one with Jesus. So, help me. Bring my thoughts in line with your thoughts. And so we would also think about um, dominion over the heavens. We might think about uh, righteous living. And, and perhaps then a plea for his love to be accepted. Right? So those kinds of the things we think about uh, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how are things different on earth than they are in heaven? That's where we're going with this. So, in order for God's will to be done on earth, everyone must give up what? Their own will. And so, that will be an aspect of how we pray for God's will to be done. God's will can't be done if mine's in the way. So I'll I put it in here too because I think this is really uh, really good for this thing, the song Mercy Me and uh, So Long Self. If you're familiar with that song, it's probably, I don't know what, 10, I don't know, 10, 15 years old. I don't know how old it is now. But this notion of breaking up with yourself. Hey, I am not good for me. And so therefore we've got to break up. Right? So what I want and my will is not good for me so, so long. I've got to accept God's will in order for it to be good for me. Um, So, this notion of breaking up with yourself because you aren't good for you is relevant. We're not good for ourselves. You know, and we, um, you know, some of us pray that, you know, protect me from myself. so when we then need to ask what are we holding on to personally what are we holding on to and not surrendering to god when we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven what am i holding on to that's not god's will that i've not surrendered now we have victories we have, uh, through life, we do have some victories, right? There's some aspects of ourself that that we have been successful in giving up. Some of the easy ones to think about, like our addictions, um, um, forgiveness maybe, or unforgiveness. When we realize, gosh, golly, I'm really holding a bitter place in my heart toward my dad, toward you know my neighbor, toward the neighbor's dog, or whatever, right? And so we can give that up. So we can, we can. There's things we can give up, and um, but then on the other hand, we like the familiar, right? I I am, I say this all the time. I love ritual. I'm not ritual, but I love routine. I love routine. I thrive on routine. You mess up my routine, I forget things. I don't know where I'm going next thing you know, I'm in Kansas City and I'm like, well, am I here? You messed up my routine, right? So those things that are comfortable, we want to hold on to them. And so, what about God's will am I afraid of? Why do I want to keep this stuff? Why am I comfortable with it? And so we can pray, may your will be done with confidence and with, without trepidation. We need to get rid of these things. You know, there's things that we don't pray about because we like them. We know we probably should pray to get rid of them, but we don't because we kind of like them. <clears throat> and so what are we afraid of to get rid of? So as much as we might seem or might see this as a prayer for a future event, right? This the cataclysmic fall, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, this is not futuristic. This is something very much in the present. And we offer then our present condition to God's rule in the present. Again, we're not praying for this great thing to happen thousand years from now. It's today. And so we'll stop here um, for the day or for this time. And then, um, but next we're going to take a look at what we know about God's will and how to find it and how to pray for it. So that's what we're going to do, right? This is a teaching of us about how to pray. And so we're going to look at that, um, trying to figure out how do we discern this and how do we pray for it and how does it impact me um, personally? So any final thoughts or questions, comments? I think about going back to your opening question about how the truth and, mm-hmm. and all that, and it's easy to look around and say, here's the whole thing are wrong out here. But I'm just a part of it because of what's going on inside. Exactly. It. I don't deal with myself. I don't want to run out of business problem. Right. That's right. Kind of human <laughs> and that's a good point. <clears throat> because that's kind of why I want to hone in on this thing with the seven churches, right? Because this is the churches, this is the saved people. And so we fall in that category. So we, we can't look at that and go, yeah, that's them some of that's in our hearts and so just pointing it out that some of that stuff's in your heart and it's worth praying over do let's face those facts it's there and we need to pray for those things anything else thoughts or comments well let's um let's close in prayer Oh, our great and glorious God. and Father, um, we just ask that you would open our hearts. Lord, you, um, you know us better than we know ourselves. And so, Father, we pray that you would look through us, examine our hearts, and show us, Lord, through your Spirit, those things that we need to confess to you, those things that we need to give up to you. And Lord, we just are so... So grateful that you are capable of fixing us. That you are the only one who is capable and strong enough and loves us enough to help fix us. And Lord, we just come to you um, with great gratitude that you would guide us in what we do and what we say, that we might be beacons of hope, that our light may shine, and that people may see your glory through what we do and say. So we ask to we part our fellowship today, that you would guide us, that we would come to know you better and to love you more. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.